Renewing Our Vision series. And this year, we really felt as an eldership team that God had spoke to us that 2021 was going to be a year of hope. Come on. Light shines brightest in the dark. Come on, church. Hope is the strongest in a time when it seems like there can be no hope. And so God is specifically, specifically speaking to us in some things. Uh, sweetheart, my, my, can you hand me that tube that's sitting right there next to you? Thank you. And so I, I need you to turn with me this morning to Joshua chapter 1. And uh, you will uh, you'll see, look, there's my Bible reading program right there. So if you don't have one of these, you need one. I can make them for you. Come see me. I'm going to talk about that too. This is a year of hope. And I want us to continue to talk about why I believe it's a year of hope. Not because of what we see on the news or in the stock market or in the world around us. But because of the God who calls us his own. I said last week the church was left for a reason. Because the world is broken. And God has a job for us. God has something for us to sign up for. Watch this, Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards going down the sun shall be your territory. No man, everybody say no man. No man. I love it. I, just, I love it. I don't, have, I don't have that highlighted, circled in this particular Bible yet. Uh, my, my, my wife did get me a premium Bible for Christmas. It just took several weeks to get come because it came from uh, the UK and, and I haven't had a chance to, to write in it yet. Hello, somebody. It's so sweet. But in all my other Bibles, right there in Joshua, no man, no man, no man. It's, I mean, God is specific. He's like, don't you, uh-uh, don't you worry about nothing. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land. I know no greater call in a leader's life than to call or cause those who that leader is in charge of shepherding to have an inheritance. I, I'm, I just read my Bible a little different. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their father to give to them. Only be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law of Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. I love it. Uh, some of the discipleship guys, you're going to have to pay attention because verse 8 is one of your memory verses as soon as we get there. And it says, this book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth. Come on, church. Everybody say, this book. This one right here. This goat skinned. It's so soft. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Come on, church. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So let's read this. Father, in Jesus' name, open our ears to hear and our heart to receive. We pray it. And everyone said? Amen. You have been asked for your signature? Breno's been asked for his autograph a couple times. All that music. You ever been asked for your signature? Come on. 
I mean, right? Like maybe you signed a mortgage, maybe you signed a loan, maybe you signed something, maybe whatever. You know, when you're asked for your signature, sometimes you hear this phrase, right? Give me your, say it loud, give me your, that's crazy. Some of you young people about to get a civics lesson. They don't teach you this in high school. Sometimes people want you John Hancock. Why do they say that? Why they, what, what is that phrase? What does it mean? Now, I need you to understand something. Uh, if you come in my office, you'll see, uh, if you've ever been in my office, there's a plate of glass on my desk, and under my uh, desk is the Declaration of Independence, the articles, and I mean everything that forms our country is there. It's laid out. The Bill of Rights, all, all that good stuff. It's been there, I don't know, 15, 18, 20 years. I don't It's been there. This morning, I had to pry the glass off of my uh, uh, desk because I wanted to get one of those beautiful pieces of paper out for you. And it is the Constitution. It's the Declar- Actually, it's the Declaration of Independence. Now, it's, it's beautiful. It's interesting. Right? If you've never read it, looked at it, or seen it, I would encourage you to do so. Now, obviously, this isn't the actual one. Or maybe it is. I, I just got it from Nicolas Cage. He doesn't know. Shh. The neat thing about the Declaration of Independence is, is, is it's an, an incredible document. It's an incredible declaration of commitment. I, I'm not here to be political today, so get, get over it. It's, this is an incredible document of commitment. Now, the first signer of this incredible document was a man by the name of some of y'all are history people too. Of the 56 signatures on the Declaration of Independence, one of them stands out above the rest. One of them stands as he, he, he stands out above it, 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 it's John Hancock's. He's the first man to sign it. He signed it large and in legible scripture so that the king of England could read his name without using glasses. If you look at the Declaration of Independence, his name stands out. It's the largest print on the document. It's in the middle of the document, right at the bottom. And it's bold, and it's very legible, and it was written in that space the way it was written on purpose. I love this with everything that's inside of me. Why? Because Mr. Hancock wanted to be very clear where his allegiance laid. It was his commitment to his country, and it was so clear that when King George III offered money and amnesty to every other signer on this document to stop fighting, John Hancock was the only guy the king said he cannot have amnesty. All the rest of them, they can have money, and if they quit fighting, I will forget it all. But John Hancock, not that guy. Not him. I'll teach him for being bold. I'll teach him for right. I'll, I'll, I'll be as bold as he is. Come on, somebody. It's an incredible story. You can't have mine. Get your own. This is a beautiful, beautiful story. Why? Because my question to us as a church in the middle of our our, our, our refocusing our vision and, and talking about who we are, my question to us this morning as we start this is this. Has your signature let your king know of your dedication and your commitment? In a sense, every January as a church, God is asking us for our John Hancock. I want to see your commitment. 
Every year, y'all know, I don't, I don't preach on giving much. A couple times a year, uh, the, the thing is, is if I got to convince you to give, something else can convince you to stop to give. But it's biblical, and, and pastors and teachers should do that. And those things, and it's coming. Everybody say it's coming. It's coming. But there's an aspect of commitment that I think is very important. And every year during our vision series, God really asks us for our signature. He asks for our commitment. He asks for who we are. You see, here in this story, as we get started this morning, God is, is, uh, he offers Joshua, uh, along with us, a sure way to meet the challenges that are ahead. God's will for Joshua... And God's will for us was that they, he and us have good success. It's right there. I don't have a trick Bible. I got a new Bible. In case you think the vision of FFM is a little out there. It's interesting to note that no one has ever been given instructions the way Joshua was just given instructions. Remember when God spoke to Abraham? He spoke to him audibly. Come on, I need you to work through this. Joseph, Joseph received the revelations of God in a series of dreams. God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. Yet Joshua is standing on the threshold of a new beginning. The threshold of hope. Received his direction from the word of God. The book of the law. The church. And that is directly, that is exactly how we receive God's directions today. See, Moses leaves Joshua with the first five books uh, that, uh, uh, in the Bible. And it would be... Enough if he would make studying that scripture his constant practice. Come on, church. And I just want to say to you as a church that if we're going to be successful in 2021, if hope is going to be spot on, if it's going to be pushed through the church with all its uncertainty of 2021, the word must be our constant practice. Everything in our life should be, must be governed by the word. And I just need to continue to tell you that as your pastor, if you want to know God, know his word. I want to continue to tell you that there's one thing in your life that isn't full of conspiracy theories. It won't manipulate you. It won't ever lie to you. It won't ever lead you astray. It's the word of God. This book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth. But thou must meditate on it day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that's in it. Then. Everybody say then. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. This, Joshua, I need you to understand. That if you are going to have success, it has nothing to do with where you dwell. Oftentimes we think about, if I can get to that point, then I've finally achieved it. If I finally get to this financial situation, if I finally overcome this issue, if I finally get here, if I finally find the right spouse, if if my kids just wouldn't be demon-possessed. You know what I'm saying? And we always look at some destination as our point of hope. But God says if you do according to the book, success is guaranteed. Now, I want to repeat to you this last verse. I I want you to grab a hold of it. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If I could just get this inside of everyone who ever hears me teach and preach the scripture. If I could just get that settled in your spirit. It's a word of God that you need to embrace and hold on to. Because for the, for the Lord your God is with you. It's a New Testament concept don't, to don't, don't get it twisted. 
Ephesians teaches us that we are, we receive the benefits of Jesus' obedience. That the presence of God is poured out into our hearts and lives. God doesn't dwell in temples made by the hands of man anymore. But he dwells inside of us. He lives inside of us. And corporately when we're together, when we're on mission together, the presence of God is expanded and pushed into the earth in no way it could otherwise. Because the Lord our God is with us. He is with us. He is with, that's nothing to do with struggle. It has nothing to do with great resources or lack resources. The Lord, our God, is with us. I, I need, he didn't leave the church here to abandon it. The Lord is with us, Firm Foundation Ministries. You have to understand, this is my series. I'm not preaching to the church down the road. I'm preaching to this church. To this people. Because God is asking us for a signature. Are we willing to take new ground? Careful how you answer because that requires work. It requires obedience even, even, even during lean seasons. We, we say it all the time around here, and, and I'll say it again over and over. As long as God lets me teach and preach, ministry is spelled W-R-K. It's work. For 2021, the Lord has asked me one particular thing. I just want to share this with you. I, I can't, right? I, in, in this sense, I'm almost, I, just, I can't tell you what I haven't heard. I'm just telling you what I've heard. But I really felt like the Lord spoke to me. And, 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 I, and I've got my own journal set aside and I, and I have dreams and I, I get up. I don't write the dream down. Instead, I write my interpretation of what I feel the Spirit told me the dream was about. God asked me a particular question and he said this to me, Don, do you know your assignment? Because I was wrestling with, you know, okay, COVID's here. Do we do discipleship? Do I, do I bring on? What about internship? Do, was it, is it worth it? Do we do it? What, the time it takes, what's going on in those particular things? What about church planting? You know, wow, that's a lot of work. Hello, somebody. What, 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 about, what about all these dreams and these ideas and those particular things? And I, and I was wrestling over that in prayer. And, and I, I really felt like the Lord woke me up one night. And just, he said, I got it written down. I can show you. Don, do you know your assignment? Here's why it's important to know your assignment. Because your assignment works hand in hand with the local body God has called you to. You wouldn't be a part of FFM if you didn't believe what FFM is doing. It's not a spectator church. And, and, and I, you know, here's the deal. I, I know sometimes I, you might feel like I, I, I don't get to see you or talk to you on Sunday morning and those type of things. But I need you to understand, most of the time we get here at 8, I got a lot of stuff going on Sunday morning. If you're showing up five minutes before church starts and you're leaving two minutes before church is over... I don't understand why we come to church and we're ready for it to be over. We come to church ready for it to be over. All we got to do is go home on Sunday and, well, I don't know, watch NFL. I, I'm, a, I'm a sports guy. But yesterday I was a little bit, I saw where another guy who's been given millions of dollars to play a kid's game can't keep his act together. And for the third time, he, he gets kicked out of the NFL because he can't keep his act together. God, God's given him the ability. I got to beg God for scraps to do what he's called me to do. Somebody say, y'all need to pray for him. Yeah, I'm praying for him all right. I'm praying God what he don't want, I'll take. I believe in what we're doing here. Not because I'm the preacher. You're supposed to believe in that. Do you know your assignment? Here's a clue. It's more than just showing up on Sunday morning. Man, I'm preaching this morning. Y'all don't even know it. Later on, you're going to go home and go, whew, he was pre... 
I'm going to say this to us all. It's time to invest our life into something that has internal meaning. I'm going to say this to us. Because a lot of what's happening on the earth, when eternity finally gets settled, when Jesus comes back and God flips this thing on its head, hello somebody, and all of it's set right and back in order, I got a feeling the only thing that we're going to remember, talk about, rejoice, and celebrate is what the church did on earth while we were waiting for Jesus to get back. I just got that feeling. I got a feeling we're probably not even going to think about who was, what, and where, when. I got a feeling we're going to be in heaven. Do you remember that time, Breno? Remember that time? Somebody's going to walk by who gave their heart and life to the Lord because you extended your hand out in prayer and invited them to walk with you as you walk with Jesus who otherwise would not have been there if you had not done that. They're going to walk by in eternity. That's what you're going to remember. That's what you're going to remember. It is time for us as believers who live in this temporary broken world to invest our lives into something that's eternal. And that's a refocusing of how we live our life. Let me me just brag on God for a minute. Over 24 years of the ministry, this year we celebrate 25. Is that right? I got you. October. Salvations have happened. Ministries have been sown. That's why it's plural. Sometimes people say, well, why is it not Firm Foundation Ministry? It's done by that way on purpose. Firm Foundation Ministries. Because God gave us a plurality of vision in the beginning. Over 25 years ago, God said plurality of vision, plurality of vision, a ministry of love, a ministry of prayer, a ministry of grace, a ministry of the Holy Ghost, a ministry of a a, a world mission idea, a, a ministry of holiness. Lots of selfless people in our past have made this happen. And some of you don't even know them. A lot of selfless people who are presently here still making this happen. And I'm blown away by that. Let me, let me not just paint a pretty picture on you here also. But see, there, there's also been a ministry of hardships. There's, there's been a, a, a church that helped build other churches. We've done that. There's a church in Brazil. In a city where the Limas and Lisa and I went that had never had a church, that had never had the gospel preached in it. And instead, for hundreds of years, all they've done is worshipped demons. On the entrance of that city, there's this huge demon standing out in front of the only road that leads into it to greet you. And people, they have a festival there uh, uh, once a year where people literally will crawl on their knees for hundreds of miles to pay tribute to some of the demons that they've been worshiping. And we went into this house and, and we had to call someone to let us in. And, and, and the preacher was like, you, you sure you want to go in there? Because they worship demons. And I said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I ain't scared of no ghost. They opened the door for us and went on the backside of that wall. I kid you not. Were idols. And on the floor was a person who had been there for days praying to one of those demons. And that preacher looked at us and he said, I want to put a church here, but no other pastors, no other preachers will come here because of the demonic activity that it takes here. I said, How much it costs? He shared his vision with us. We came back during our VBS that year and we told our children at VBS. Now see, Doug and Nancy got tired of sending our kids to somebody else's VBS years ago. And over 12 years ago, they said they had a vision God had given them about VBS. And, 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 and I, when you have almost, listen, when you have 300 kids a night at a VBS, come on somebody. It takes 190 people, volunteers every night to put this thing on. It's an incredible thing. I can't tell you the number of phone calls we got this year because we had to cancel it because of COVID. Those kids raised enough money during VBS to plant a church in Brazil. It's still there. 
The last time we went back to Bonvin, we went there and, and people were gathered in the street. And, and, and I, told, I told the story about how God had given us this vision. And, and there they were and there were children who were singing praise to God who otherwise would not have met Jesus. Come on somebody, y'all don't even know what y'all did. Y'all don't even know what you did. There are going to be some Brazilian kids come up to you in heaven and go, Hey, thanks for playing. You got, nah, I don't know what I, I got no clue. I got no clue. thriving growing like you can't believe it where they worship devils you feel like Paul sometimes in Athens like there's a on that altar over there to the unknown God let me talk to you a little bit about him not to speak of churches globally that FFM has helped build and grow for a few years, my wife and I went to England and, and helped with churches over there in the northwest part or northeast part of, of the UK, uh, established discipleship programs. It was an incredible time. And to see and hear from those leaders, even today, I was just talking to one this weekend about how that's impacted their congregation. Blows me away. And then there's the lean years. How the people of FFM kept marching onward along with God. Ever loving the word of God and the vision of God. And saying, no, we're called to it. We're called to it. We're called to it. Come on, church. We're called to it. God spoke this to me. Don't kid yourself. This is a miracle from God that included all those years combined. I need to give you a couple of things here in the next few minutes that I want you to grab a hold of. Four things I believe God called Joshua to and us, right? And the first and foremost is this. Before the land gets possessed, God has to possess our thoughts, our actions. Those that are breaking new ground have to, God has to possess their thoughts. We've got to be committed, right? Come on, church. God's not in the brainwashing business. Do you understand that? He likes it when we submit our minds and our actions and our lives unto him. Let me prove it to you here, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, to the pulling down of strongs, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. Submitting to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 10, watch this, watch this. For although, I, I need to read it to you in, a, in a, maybe the New Living Translation. It's, it's Tim's favorite. I, you still got yours too, Lynette? Lynette's got one about that thing. It's pretty cool. Um, let me read that same scripture to you in the New Living. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, if I say instead, Instead, our spiritual weapons are engaged with divine power effectively, effectively dismantling the defense behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defense of the true knowledge of the Word of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought that insists That it shouldn't obey the anointed one. I love it. In other words, let me help you out. Replace unbelief with God's word. I say this all the time. You don't have to pray about what God's already said. Why are we wasting prayer? Hello, somebody. God say go to all the nations. Why are we praying about that? You know what we should be praying about? God, who's our missionary? You know what we should be praying about? Cross-culture scholarships. How do we pay for them to... You know what we should be praying about? Biblically equipping people to be confident in the Word of God so that they can carry the message of God to a lost and dying. That's what we should be praying. We shouldn't be praying about going to all the nations. God's already said to do that. I'm just there. I'm, I'm this type of guy that says, Lord, if you don't close the door, I'm going in. Why are we praying about going to the nations? Our prayer should be how? 
When? With whom? Our prayer should be that. Because that's what we're doing. Come on, church. Replace unbelief with the word of God. See, if you get to the place where you think, oh, we're just from little old Centerville. And nobody really realizes who we are. It's only 1.5 miles square. There's only like 1,200 people that live in the town of Centerville. Like 25 years ago, they said, don't build a church in Centerville because it ain't big enough. But God had a word. God had a vision. And there were some people who said, we're going to replace unbelief with the word of God. Strongholds are broken when God's word replaces wherever unbelief is. You need God to work in your life. Uh, don't stutter or stammer and doubt and unbelief. You got to get in the word of God. And you got to let the word of God renew your mind. The Bible says, let the water of the washing of the word of God renew who you are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're battling. But I guarantee you the word of God can deal with it. I guarantee you the word of God can speak to you. I guarantee you to lead you and guide you in all truth. Uh, I guarantee you that if you'll submit yourself to the word of God, forget your own agendas, forget your own ideas, and say, Jesus, here's my signature. King, I'm committed to you. Watch what God will do in your life. You want deliverance? It's there. You want freedom? It's there. You got to replace unbelief with the Word of God. I'm not, I'm not this power of positivity thinking. I'm not. Listen, I put my seatbelt on when I get in the car because I'm thinking negative. Sure I do. Driving down the road. Y'all know about the popo here in Centerville. I love those guys. I love them all. I love them all, okay? I know them all. And they're great guys. And they keep an eye on our church. They do. They keep an eye on our church. But I'm driving through center without my seatbelt. He's going to pull me over and give me a ticket. He don't care if I'm Pastor Don. Yep. You know why? Because he wants me to live. So I put my seatbelt on so I don't get a ticket. That's a negative thing. If I was a positive guy, oh, God's with me. God will clean the way. <laughs> at, the, at the very worst, I could be in an accident. I mean... You all know as well as I do, the hunters in this area cannot shoot enough deer. We need a stick of dynamite. They are everywhere. You go hit one. I put my seatbelt on. That's negative thinking. Oh, just think positive. Just think positive. You know what? I want to think truth. I want to be a good steward of my life. And I want God to move and tell me that I got Don, do you know your assignment? Your assignment is more important than you being lazy and not putting your seatbelt on. I need you to live. Do you know your assignment? Replace it. Speak God's word. Believe God's word. Memorize God's word. This book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth. Come on, church. But thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then, for then, for then. Y'all not helping me. I can't, I can't do it for you. The second thing God called Israel to do is dig in. Ooh, come on church. Y'all not ready. Y'all not ready. Y'all not ready. Here's the New Living Translation again. Because I already read it to you in the ESV. Watch this. And, and, and chapter 1 verse 3. The New Living uh, Translation. I promise you. Everybody say me. What I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot. You'll be on land I've given you. Ooh. Y'all, I can't get enough of Ephesians lately. I've turned off the news and I've just been so... Romans is next. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. To stand with your feet shod with the gospel of peace. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in an evil day. Y'all know what day he's talking about? Maybe you missed it. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. God has given us this opportunity to dig in and move onward and break new ground. 
And your leaders, your sub-leaders, people have been thinking and dreaming about how to make that happen. This afternoon at 4 o'clock, you're going to hear that. We, we have realized that it's unbelievable the opportunity that our kids are taking now, our high schoolers and even our middle schoolers, are, they're, they're saying to us, we ain't got time to wait for y'all. Listen, when seniors are coming to us as an eldership team and saying, as soon as I graduate high school, I'm going to the mission field. You know, I feel a little bad when I got to say, hold up, oh, wait, wait, just sit down right here, let's talk about this. But that's been happening to us over the years. And we take every other year, we take our, 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 our high school kids to a, a, a third world country on purpose and expose them for a week or so to, to the moving of God and how God can use them. And they're addicted. I mean, it's, it's an incredible thing. And, and, and this is what's happening. We realize that's not going away. And, and I can't literally have a cookie or a, a muffin bake sale out there in the, in the foyer every week. Because that's the way our kids are trying to raise money so they can go on these mission trips. How else are we going to do it? By taking resources and allow those resources to make resources based on what our plan is so we continue to have resources to fund our, our plan. These people have got a plan. You need to hear it this afternoon. It is unbelievable. I was like, we can do that? And they were like, oh yeah. To think about kids who want a biblical education... Because they want to go into ministry. That's, that's not going to stop. And to say, why am I, like Doug and Nate, why are we sending them away? Come on. Why are we doing that? And to think about the ability to, to, to fund, a, format a fully accredited four-year Bible college. Y'all are not going to believe this. It's time to dig in. God proclaimed this word to Joshua. Go be strong, courageous, don't fear. I'll fight for you. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Dig in, church. Stand your ground. Remember your assignment. I would much rather the young people of our church to grow up to be prophets and pastors and teachers and, 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 and apostolic people and evangelists than I ever would, ever would for them to be the president of the United States. I'm just me. Because I, I, I see this hunger and this desire. And, and what keeps me up at night is, is not whether the church is doing well or not. What keeps me up at night is how we keep investing in them. Dig in. Stand our ground. Remember our assignment. I got to go here. Watch this. Third, God called Israel to move forward by walking forward on new ground. You can't take new ground unless you step on it. Anybody ever bought a car? Right? You, you can't drive off in the car until they give you the keys. And, and as soon as they give you the keys, you're ready to go. You ever bought a house? Well, you can't live in that house. Don't fuss at me as a church because we have vision to take new ground. I'm, I'm, I'm not satisfied with sitting around talking about it. We could do that till Jesus comes. And when Jesus comes, I want him to find me walking on the ground he told me was already mine. And this church and this ministry, that's where I want to see. God, when you come back, that's what we want to be doing. We want to be moving forward. See, real Christians aren't apathetic. I didn't say we didn't have issues. I didn't say we weren't struggling through this. I didn't say we didn't have ba battles. Believing Christians, though, are forever moving forward. Don't let yesterday, 2020, use too much of today. I said, don't let yesterday use up too much of today. I, I'm, I've walked with people who've been through some severe things in their life in the past. And their past is so bad. It's so deep. It's so dark that they can't see light for today. And we're always saying, you can't do anything to change yesterday. But you can do everything to make tomorrow different by doing the right thing today. 
I can't help what happened to you. And, and neither can God. But deliverance doesn't come by washing away what happened. Deliverance comes by giving us new ground to walk on where we never could walk before. Yeah. You want to be set free? You want to be moving? Step on some new ground. Listen, if depression drives you in the bed, get up. Go do something. Don't hide. If anxiety cripples you, come on, church. And, 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 and all of that stuff keeps you down and out. And those things believe that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And God will never call you to do more than what he has equipped you to do. And so you can have strength for the day. Come on, church. I've got to step into this thing. It's new ground. It's new ground. It's new ground. Because see, this is, a, this is a key thing. Joshua, this is the first time anyone's ever been directed by God this way. The word of God has set the path. It set the pace. And it set the direction. We're not apathetic. We can't let yesterday take up too much of today. Sometimes God closes a door because it's time to move on. And God knows you, you wouldn't move on, I wouldn't move on unless the circumstances force us to. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it loud and proud because I believe it's true. You ain't never going to change until the pain of staying the same is worse than the pain of change. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't get saved till I was 19 years old. I need y'all to understand. I was lost. <laughs> I needed to change. I met Jesus one day. And that's why I love that scripture we used last week. Because I feel like Peter standing on the sea that day when Jesus walked by. Hey, follow me. And I will make you what you were not. Come on, somebody. That's the story. I, I just embrace it. I just feel it. I, I, I want you to grab a hold of that. God knows that unless my circumstances change, I'm always going to live in comfort. You can't start the next chapter of your life by rereading the last one. Well, I'm preaching to somebody. I love the book of Job. And I never really did until one year we broke it down into the discipleship group. And, and this is what God spoke to us about it. Now, if you read 58, cha 58 chapters, I think, I, yeah, it's a lot. Of people just sitting around staring at each other. But the book has nothing to do with Job. Read it again. In the beginning of the book, it tells you everything that God is doing and why he's doing it. Satan comes. And God said, have you considered your... Now, that's cruel. It wasn't Satan's idea. It was God's idea. And what God was saying to Satan was, let me show you why you can't be like me. Because men worship you for what you give them. Men, wor men worship me because of the relationship I have with them. And Satan's like, no, 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 no. And God says, let's talk about Job. Do anything you want to him. Him and I are still be good. And Satan says, I can't get to him. You got to hedge your angels around him. So that means Job, uh, Satan had been trying to get to him. And God says, fine. You can't take his life. There you go. What God was saying to Satan that day is, Satan, I can trust Job with my character. You see, that's what I'm asking from Foundation Ministries in the world that we live in today. I'm not talking about not, not having trouble or not having fight, not have to struggle through some things, not have to wrestle some things out. I'm asking you as a church, can God trust us with his character? Job is so aggravated and fussed up about it. He's so bent out of shape about what's going on on him. He's so mad at God about all of the struggles that he's having that, that he actually says, you know what, when I see God face to face, him and I going to have a conversation. Don't act like you ain't never done it. God shows up one day and says, hey, Job, remember that? Where, where, I, where were you, Job, when I 
measured out the mountains and the oceans. And the, so you want to have a conversation? Job, Job's like, nah, I'm good. Be all right. I just saved you 58 chapters. Here's a scripture I love in Job. Job 17, 9. The righteous keep moving forward. And those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. It's not highlighted in my new Bible yet. Come on, church. See, I'm that guy in your life that says we got to keep moving. I'm that guy in your life that says we got to keep going. I'm that guy in your life who God has put there to say there's more for you. There's a bigger ground for us. God has promised us something. The only problem is is we got to dig in. We got to put our feet on what God has promised us and we ain't ever going to get it. I'm going to be that guy in our church's life to keep saying the righteous keep moving forward. And those with clean hands become stronger and stronger and stronger. I'm that guy. Please come to the meeting this afternoon and hear some powerful plans about this church moving forward. I got three minutes. Everybody say number four. God's call was direct. Take it. Take it. And see, as we take ground, it's impossible to not do it without moving forward, without the other things. But it's very important that we stay connected to the why. Why are we taking ground? Why do we do this? Well, ultimately, because we want to see people saved and come to know the Lord. Is that all right? I'm a product of, of a tent revival that a man and his wife some 25 years earlier left everything they had, bought a tent and a camper, and had been on the road doing two-week tent revivals for 25 years. As a lost man, my wife packing her bags, ready to leave. We'd been married six months. She was sick of me because I needed to change. I got off of work one night as a butcher, and the tent revival was happening right next to where I work. Some of the guys I've shown, we've been to Florida to see it. And I knew my wife did not like me, the dog didn't like me, my kids didn't like me. Nobody liked me. And I found myself walking across the street, left my car parked in the parking lot, sitting down in the back of that tent bloody meat coat, listening to a preacher preach hellfire and brimstone. It was get right or get left. When that guy preached, you could smell sulfur. And I remember 1 o'clock at night, everybody had gone home, and just the pastor and that preacher standing there loading up sound equipment so nobody wouldn't steal the sound equipment during the night. And I remember walking up there and looking at that preacher who some of you know, Pastor Rick, who was my spiritual father, the evangelist, uh, Larry Schifra, and saying, I, I need to give my heart and life to the Lord, but I don't know how to do that. And, and I remember that evangelist, who's an incredible prophet also, looking at me and saying, no, 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 you're a pastor. I was like, you got the wrong guy. I don't know about, much about prophets, but you missed it. <laughs> You got no idea. <laughs> and we argued for a few minutes. But I was a pastor, a preacher. I, I, that night I could not have referenced John 3.16 if you'd have handed me this beautiful new Bible and said, turn to John. I couldn't have done it. I, did, I was that ignorant. But they led me to the foot of the cross and introduced me to a man. And life was never the same. I remember going home that night and waking up my wife. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. She had to be at work at 5, and she didn't like me. And so waking her up at 2 o'clock in the morning didn't help. <laughs> and I remember saying, I, I need to tell you something. I remember looking at her in the eye and saying, I gave my heart and life to the Lord tonight. I got saved. 
And I remember her sitting right up in the bed, looking at me in the eye, saying, no, 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 no. I'm like, I, I just responded out of frustration to her. I don't know what to do. I don't know what you want from me. She says, no, no, you don't understand. I knew you were going to do that. God had already spoken to me. And I wanted to be there so we could do it together. And the next night, we together went to this tent revival. And my wife and I went to the altar together. Come on, somebody. And we ain't never looked back. Never looked back. Never looked back. I am not perfect, and I make my... Come on, somebody. But Jesus walked by that night. Why are we doing this? Because I know there's another Don Smith out there. I know there's another Breno or Eddie or... Come on, somebody. Jonathan. I know there's another Tanya Whale. She did not want, y'all have no idea how many times on the phone I was talking to Joe. Joe would call me and go, Don, I'm just praying for my wife. I'm trying to get her to church. She won't come. She don't want nothing to do with it. And I'm like, dude, we just got to keep praying. We just got to keep praying. We just got to keep praying. And we'd pray on the phone. We'd pray at church. Joe would come by himself and, and Tanya wouldn't have nothing. She didn't want nothing to do with it. Now you can't beat her off with a stick. Yeah, there's so many stories in here. That's why we do this. Bible studies, I, I, they're good. I like them. They're all right. Discipleship, come on, somebody. You know, expanding the sanctuary a couple years ago. Why are we doing all of this? Why are we doing this growth and worship and salvation and deliverance and the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit? High school students getting up and preaching and prophesying to us. Hello, somebody. Middle school people, y'all better watch them. They'll lay hands on you. They ain't scared. They'll lay hands on you and pray and God will honor their prayer. See, God directs us to take ground. And it sounds awesome until we read about the giants, the battles, the bitter water, the manna that was taken for granted, the murmuring and the complaining, the challenges of leadership, the defeats, the repentance, the humility. The promised ground is not heaven. The promised land is not heaven. It's not good theology. If you think the promised land in the scripture is a representation of heaven, that is not good theology. Ain't no giants in heaven. Y'all better bet Jesus is king. Ain't no battles in heaven. Thank you. Somebody's helping me today. It's all right. There's battles out there, but it's what God has promised us. It is what God has promised us. And we got to dig in and we got to take this ground on purpose, right? Giants are, but I don't care about them. Let's just throw a rock at them. It worked for David. See, what I love about this is that Joshua had to constantly return to the Word of God, the promises. The why. Take ground that he has given you firm foundation ministries. Take ground. Already facing some opposition in 2021? You better believe it. Just because the calendar changed the date don't mean the struggle is over. Just because somebody else is raising their hand and saying I promise on the 20th don't mean. Listen, as a matter of fact, my job ain't changed. That's why God asked me, what, do you know your assignment? Stay out of what Stay in your swim lane. And I'm like, yeah, but Lord. He's like, no, stay in your swim lane. I'm like, but Lord, no, stay in your swim lane. I'm like, yeah, but Jesus, no, stay in your swim. Don, do you know your assignment? There's people that need to be discipled. You can't be distracted. There's churches that need to be planted. You can't be distracted. There's deliverance that needs to be. You can't be distracted. The gospel's got to be preached to all nations before Jesus can come back. You ain't got time, church, to be distracted. Do you know your assignment? Let me tell you what my assignment was as a young disciple. Clean the toilets. Pastor Rick was teaching me to preach, and he was like, you don't get to preach unless those toilets are clean. I better not ever show up to this church, and there'd be dirty toilets. You can ask my wife, get in the car. Why do we have to go to church early? Because I got clean toilets. And nothing's changed. That's true. (laughs) 
He meant it. He meant it. Come on, church. He taught me to be a servant. I was the best toilet cleaner. Come on, somebody. You already facing some opposition in 2021? I say that's all right. I say that's all right. Return to your why. Keep pressing on. Do you know your assignment? Let me ask you a question, Firm Foundation Ministries. Let me ask you a question, Firm Foundation Ministries. Has the king seen your signature? Does he know your commitment? Does he know your commitment? See, this is why we talk about, listen, it's, it's, we, we say we can be committed to the church. We can be committed to vision and those type of things. In a couple of weeks, you're going to hear it again. But you, you can't trust God for a dime on a dollar. That's called the tithe. We'll get there. Come on, church. But here's what I'm saying. If a church has vision, the church ought to pay for it. Y'all, y'all, it's a couple of y'all, all right? Why, why I want somebody else to pay for what God called me to? Why? Why do I care? Life has choices. Life is about choices. What are you going to invest your life in? What are, what are we as a church going to invest our... What are they going to say about us if Jesus tarries another 50 years? What, what are they going to say? I don't know. See, I don't, I don't even know. I'm not one of those guys, right, that, that's caught up in when Jesus is coming back. I already punched my ticket. I'm caught up in the fact that when he does come back, he's going to find me busy. I'm one of those guys that might actually pray, Jesus, don't come back today. I got one more. I got one. I'm after one more, Lord. If you come back today, they're going to be, they're going to be, let, come on, somebody, they don't know you, Jesus. See, see, we come, not only do we come to church ready for it to be over, we leave the house ready for church to be over. Most of our prayers surrounded about, oh, Jesus, just come back. I look at the world around us and how broke it is, and I'm like, not yet, Lord. Not yet. That's up to him ultimately, and I'm okay with that. Why is my assignment important? Because others need salvation. Others need discipling. We're going to win the lost, equip the saved, and send the equipped. If you ask me what my assignment is, there you go. Colossians 1.28. Win the lost, equip the safe, and send the equipped. I know my assignment. What's yours? I know our assignment to be the people of God in the community. Breaking new ground requires feet in motion. And I will never apologize to you about that. Stand with me in this room. Here's a little secret for us, church. Remaining in love... Joy and peace is a constant reminder that I'm possessing new ground. And the totality of the success is how much honor Jesus gets. And I just want to say to us, in the world that you and I live in right now is full of chaos, but that's why we live now. We were born for this. We were born for this. Esther was born for that. Daniel was born for that. David was born for that. Y'all know, come on, come on, come on. Paul was born. Peter was born. We were born for this. And I, I just believe that when we get to heaven, we think we've got, we think we've got a lot of questions for all of them. But I, I just believe there's going to be them gathered around going, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Hey, Don, tell me about that time you and your wife laid hands on a Down syndrome baby and God healed them in the name of you. Come on, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Come on, church. Timothy, spiritual son of Paul, coming up to us and saying, Hey, I need to, I need to talk to you about that discipleship. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Tell me about that four-year-old boy that one day looked you in the eye and said, one day I'm going to be the pastor of this church. You remember that day when he said that to you at four years old? You handed him the keys, I don't know, maybe six years old, and said, I sure hope you are. He's sitting behind those drums. Come on, church. 
feet in motion. Here's a little secret. Enjoy the ride. Come on, church. Enjoy the ride. Why as Christians we got to be so downcast? Why as the church we got to be so worried and full of Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Man, I'm here for a reason. Man, I'm here for a reason. I'm excited about what God is doing. And the worse the world gets, the darker it gets, the, light, the brighter the light of Jesus gets to shine. Amen. And the more bold I get to be, come on somebody, the future looks bright for a church. Come on. As Jesus leads us into eternity. I believe it. How about your signature? Can I ask you a question? I just want you to. Has the king. Seen your signature? Has the king seen your signature? Has the king. Seen. Your signature? Do you know. Your assignment? If you want to come to the altar. There's some time we're going to spend here. Just a minute. Just worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord.